0: All right. Hi. Welcome back. Attorney Steve Vondren. Welcome to another exciting episode of Vondren Legal Hour. All right. So we are talking in this podcast about Attorney Steve top five tips for avoiding software license compliance problems. Now, a lot of people, a lot of my clients, when they come to me, they go, you know, I never really even thought about this issue. Um, but we got a lot of employees, and sometimes I don't know when what ends up on the shop floor. I don't know who's installing things at home. You know, it's a good question. Now now, what's going to happen? What are my penalties? Well, I've got a link down here in my in my blog that the penalties can be extremely high if somebody could prove willful infringement against you, and willful infringement also goes by a reckless standard, so that's not even intentional. It's just kind of reckless you know a bowl in a china shop oh, I don't care what happens I don't care for infringing or over installing you know I don't really care that kind of stuff can lead to gigantic damages under the copyright law because this software is all registered everything is registered you know for the most part I very rarely do I come across a software program that has not been registered by the United States Copyright Office so they're ready to go they can always file a lawsuit and when I face these cases they are hitting hard with damages. We want to do an audit. Sometimes they'll say it's a contractual audit. Sometimes they'll say it's, it's voluntary, quote-unquote voluntary, but we may sue you. So there's a lot of stuff like that that goes on in my business. So I wanted to just give you my five top tips for avoiding software license compliance problems that could lead to big problems. Sometimes IT directors lose their jobs. I mean, there's a lot of weird things that go on, believe me. So let's, without further ado, get to it. Attorney Steve, Software Audit Essentials. All right. So um, anyway, first tip, let's get right to it. I'm not going to mess around. Always buy software products from an authorized dealer. A lot of people look around or they find something online and they say, oh, well, you know, it's cheap here. Or uh, maybe there's some consultant that comes in and says, hey, you know, I got a good deal for you. I can get you AutoCAD for cheap. You know, those kinds of things. Or I can get you Office, uh, Microsoft Office for cheap. Things like that you can run into big problems. These companies say, look, if it's not an authorized reseller, it's not valid. I don't care. Whatever you say, I don't care. I'm not listening. You owe the penalties. I need you to strip everything you've got off your computers and buy new stuff. That's how they act. That's how they respond. And so, you know, you want to make sure you're buying from an authorized reseller. Now, I asked an attorney for one of the big software vendors. I said, how would anybody know if this was uh, an authorized reseller or not? I mean, it's so easy to make a web page that looks legitimate. And he said, well, you, your client could call us, and you could ask and talk to someone. I said, well, who would they call? Customer service? We know how that goes. Uh, so who are they supposed to? Uh, is there a link on your website that I can find easily accessible? Well, no. Okay, well, it's not that easy, okay? So anyway, point one, do your best. Try to find out who this person is, this vendor that you're dealing with. Are they authorized? If not, in a software audit, that's going to come back to, to haunt you. You don't want to pay pay what you consider to be good money only to find out that they considered it invalid and want you to delete it all. Two, If you're buying off the internet, okay. So back to this. There's things on the internet. Pay a realistic value because there's times when you say, "Well, you know, this." They were offering this four thousand dollar video editing package for twenty five bucks. I couldn't pass it up. Well, according to them, their attorneys. When I deal with attorneys from like the Business Software Alliance, the BSA. You know, they'll say, come on, come on. You, you, you thought that was legit. It's like, it's like buying a 70 a inch plasma TV from someone in the back of a van that says, Psst, hey, buddy, want a good deal? You know, here, $30, 70 incher. You know, it's like, come on, come on. So, anyway, paying realistic values, again, that ties back to number one. If you're not sure, check it out. Maybe it's an authorized, an unauthorized vendor that you're dealing with, which is going to lead you into more problems. Okay? Um number 3 this is getting to the nuts and bolts make sure to keep all your purchase receipts and I know most people that come to me they go what auditing they want to know what was what I had you know receipts from 2002 and 10 I mean come on we don't keep receipts that long and that's an issue that we have to deal with in software audits I don't like my clients paying for fines and penalties for having software that they lawfully purchase. But it definitely helps if you're keeping the dated receipts, okay? Keep the dated receipts. That's what they're gonna be looking for, okay? Uh sometimes someone will say, Well, what if I take a picture of the computer? No, 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 that's not gonna be enough. Make sure to keep all your seats. Um, again, I don't know of a law that requires that, but If you have a contractual audit and you check your EULA, we'll talk about that in a second, but if you check your EULA and it gives them a right to contractually audit you, which a lot of vendors do have in their contracts, next thing you know, they come in three years later and you're going, oh, I don't have any receipts, well... We told you, we gave you notice that we could come out at you and you have no receipts. What are we led to believe? So you get into this fight, this battle. It's what we do as software attorneys. We fight those battles for you. But think about it. Keep all your receipts from here on going forward. So you have the proof. Okay, it will make your life so much better. Just keep them, save them, scan them. Do something, okay? Number three. So number four, this is very important. End user license agreement, what we call the EULA. I say, print it out every time you buy software and read it. Now you're saying, hold on, Attorney Steve, this is ridiculous. There's no way, with, uh, the big as our organization is, there's no way we're going to print out receipts on everything we buy. That's insane. We're not going to read all these EULAs. And I say, well, why not? You want to know what you're buying. You want to know if you're buying, for example, home, office, or professional, commercial office, okay? And I know it's confusing. Like, you see the word home and office, and you go, uh, what is this, home office? I mean, and they'll say, no, 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 this is just home. This is home only. So I'm going to be writing a blog on that, on on how people can be confused easily on this topic. And they'll expect you to to get rid of the home, delete the home, And by new Microsoft, that is commercial. Yes, they will in BSA software audits. Okay, so read the EULA. Know what your rights are. Can you install one copy or a backup copy, two copies? Can you share it up to five copies? You need to know this stuff. And I would print it out, the EULA, the date I read it. You know, usually if you have your printer set up, you can have the date on the bottom or the top. And I would go through and make sure I know what my rights are. I would go in there and look. Is there an audit clause? First and most important, is there an audit clause? Can they come to my place of business? Can they raid me? Um, What time, what business hours can they come? Who pays for it? You know, how's that work? Um, So those kinds of things. That's why you want to read your EULA. Take notes. Um, See how many seats you're buying. We had a case where it was a gigantic penalty. For somebody that purchased a very relatively inexpensive piece of software, all things considered, and but over-installed it, shared it with a couple employees. The company said, what? What are you doing? You can't share our software? And my client's like, well, it's not that big a deal. It's like inexpensive. I could have bought it if I wanted. I just didn't know. Had they printed out the EULA, one very simple step, they could have avoided this whole problem very cheaply. Instead, it ended up being an expensive uh, adventure. So um, anyway, so you want to print out that EULA, take notes, circle certain provisions. This shows that you're doing your due diligence. This shows that you're trying to understand how to use the software, okay? Um Again, huge settlements can result if you don't follow the EULA. So print it out, put it in there with your program. If you buy AutoCAD Revit, let's say, print out the EULA, go through it, circle, make your notes, see if they have phone home technology. Here's another one, okay? Uh, And you may say, well, phone home technology, what do you mean? E.T., like phone home. Remember that movie? Back, I think that was a Spielberg movie. Great movie. Um, but there's technology that implants, uh, monitoring technology on your computers and it may send signals back to the home office, back to the software vendor. Most people don't even know that. And I say, well, had you read your EULA, you would see that it would say that we collect certain data we collect, you know, to see if you're in compliance with your software. Wouldn't you like to know that? Because that maybe would make sure that you're more serious with your employees. Do not overinstall. Do not overinstall. We're going to have a problem here because they're monitoring us. And they end up with getting an infringement report. It's not what companies want to be dealing with. Now they've got an infringement report tied to a MAC address. And now you've, you've got a demand letter from a law firm. Okay. So be very careful about that. Read the EULA. Follow the EULA. Um, another thing in the EULA sometimes will be a choice of law or venue clause. And for example, it may say, you know, all disputes will be resolved in the Northern District of California in San Francisco area. And you say, well, uh, well, we're in South Carolina. I'm not sure we would want to be uh, having any disputes heard out there. Got to look at these things. Sometimes these EULAs can be negotiable sometimes, okay, depending on the size of your company. So um, look at those things again. Are you okay with this? Is there an attorney fees clause for any breach of violations? Read these and print this out. Now, what this will also help you do is if by chance an audit comes and they're saying, this is willful copyright infringement. This is willful. You can say, no, 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 no. Cool your jets. This is innocent infringement. We have policies in place to make sure this stuff doesn't happen. We read the EULA. I've got my receipts here. We didn't know. Somehow it slipped through the cracks. That will help you reduce or mitigate your damages. Innocent infringement is still infringement, but it's innocent. And there's case law that it could be as low as $200, okay? $200 if it's in a court of law. So that's a big deal, okay? This is due diligence that you can do to protect yourselves, okay? All right, so down to number five. Finally, number five. If you do not have a corporate employee software usage and installation policy, you should consider adopting one today. Get your group together, get your teams together and say, we need to have a policy, something employees sign when they come in and contractors too. Um, Making sure that people know you don't just install on a whim. You don't install student versions when you're not a student. You don't load trial software back at the home and your your work laptop and bring it into the computer, into the uh, office environment or the workshop. It could lead to big problems, especially if they're using the phone home technology, especially if they have a contractual audit clause and you say, wow, now I'm in an audit. So these are very important things. If you need help with software issues, software litigation, software compliance, you know where to find us. We have appeared in over 150 federal court cases now and building. So we've done a lot of work in this area. We're very experienced. There are some newbie firms that you want to be careful of. Because this is not a place for the inexperienced lawyer to try to cut their teeth, okay? So if you need some help, you know where to find us, attorneysteve.com. That's attorneysteve.com. And we look forward, we hope you like this video, hope it's been helpful. Feel free to share this, okay? you're All you're going to do is help other people understand. These, to me, are the five biggest tips to keep yourself compliant and out of piracy problems, okay? Attorney Steve, thank you for listening. We'll be back again. If you haven't seen our video channel, check us out, attorneystevevideos.com. That's attorneystevevideos.com. We are now over 15,000 subscribers, so make sure you join in and check out some of our great videos. I gotta run, I got a lot of work to do. Have a great day, take care.